Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sand Hill, FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It's our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ because here at Sand Hill, we believe that Christians can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, we invite you to visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So let us turn our Bibles to the uh, Romans chapter 1. And um, so as you're turning there, um, let me just say this about the, the scripture. In my opinion, this is probably the ugliest, worst verses of scripture <laughs> in the New Testament. Uh, in the Bible, possibly, uh, it is just uh, ugly and, and um there's is just not a lot good about it. And so we're here on a Sunday morning and we're here to hear from God and we're here to, uh, you know, be recharged and encouraged. And as I read these scriptures, I thought, Lord, um, how can I preach anything good out of that? It is just it is just bad. Um, and I begin to pray about it and ask the Lord to help me um, be able to turn this into a good message. And I believe the Lord's given me that this morning. So before we read the text, this this uh, unpleasant scripture we're going to read, before I read that, can I get anybody here to agree with me that the best life you could ever live is a Christian life? Yeah. You know, um, I believe this now. If there were no heaven and there were no hell, I'd still want to be a Christian. Because it is the best life you can live. And uh, so with that in mind, as we read this scripture, we're going to try to uh, try to bless you with this and this um, challenge that we have with this scripture. So if you're able, as you stand, honor God's word, we're going to start reading a verse 24, Romans chapter one, verse number 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. Through the lusts of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which was against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of the air which was meat. And even this they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. 
being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murders, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parent, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Father, I thank you for this time to be together in your word. Lord, I know that your word is always good. I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would use it to uh, help each one of us be encouraged, Lord, to, to live exactly as you'd have us to. I pray in Jesus' name and amen. Anybody feel dirty after <laughs> after <laughs> after reading that scripture? Uh, boy, that's just some that's just some tough scripture, isn't it, man? Uh, just some hard stuff. So I want to try to do the best we can to to really see what this is saying. I believe the Lord has given us a, uh, some some encouragement here this morning. But we need to back up and bring all this together in context. And so uh, if we look back as we've as we've looked at it in the past. Um, it says in verse uh, 17 that the righteousness of God was revealed. So, so there was, if you will, there was the righteousness of God and God brought it out so we could see it. Now that righteousness is the righteousness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that righteousness is by faith. But we also discussed, and this is what you need to get a hold of, we also discussed the gospel is more than not going to hell. The gospel is more than I get to go to heaven. The gospel, Jesus didn't just simply say, I'm going to die, make a way, you don't have to go to hell. That's all you get out of the deal. Now, that would have been a good deal, amen, if we'd have stopped. But he said, no, I, I want to give you a brand new life, a good life. So the gospel is not only I don't have to go to hell, but the gospel is giving you a good life, amen. And anybody think the Christian life is a good life? Amen, it's a good life. And so so we, we see that that, that was... Uh, revealed the gospel, uh, the righteousness of the gospel. But then he says in verse 18, which we already looked at, it said the wrath of God is revealed. So the righteousness of God is revealed and it's the gospel and it's a glorious new life. But the wrath of God is revealed. Now I want to ask you a question. How is the wrath of God revealed? Does God, is there just a lightning bolt that comes down and strikes you dead? Is that how the wrath of, I mean, you do something you shouldn't and, you know, people make little jokes. Um, uh, you know, if I come to church, the roof will fall in, right? Lightning will strike. If I do something bad, you know, God's going to get me. Uh, and God can. But is that the normal way? Is, I mean, is it the normal way when you do something wrong, God just strikes you dead on the spot? That, that's not really, I don't believe, what the scripture is referring to. Is this re- scripture referring to the fact that if you don't do what's right after life is over, you'll have to die and go to hell? I don't believe that's what this is referring to. So what does this mean? The wrath of God is revealed. Well, it, it tells us real clearly, and I'll be honest, this is an astounding thought. But starting in verse 24, it says that God gave them over to unclean his heart. And then in verse number 26, it said God gave them unto their vile affections. And then he says up in uh, um, verse 28 that he, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Do you know what the worst thing God can ever do to you is? Let you have what you think you want. 
You know, that's what this scripture is saying. That, that, that is exactly what this scripture is saying. This scripture is saying that you come to a point and you won't do what God says. And God just says, okay, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Now, I, I, I realize we have children here. I would, I, I would make this as, as gentle as I can. Uh, but what this scripture is really teaching is, you know, uh, you think, well, that, that, that peak on pornography or that thought about another woman or that, that whatever, there's not that much harm in it. And, but there is a resistance there that you feel guilty when you do it. But when God takes the restraint off and then you get what you think you wanted, it's not what you wanted. It's not what you wanted. And the perversions that we read about in this, in this text, uh, do we understand? Uh, and, and I could go into great detail here, and, I, and I, I, I want to make this as child-friendly as I can. But do we see here that it is saying, this is not what's supposed to happen. This is not what's supposed to happen. But I'll let you happen because you think you want that. But it won't bring you happiness. It will destroy your life. Is anybody getting that? So, so God said, I'm going to punish you by giving you what you want. <laughs> Amen? And man, we could just preach a long time on that. Because there's been a lot of people who said, man, I, why won't God let me do this? And why won't God let me do that? And he's keeping me from this. And then they finally do it. And they say, oh man, I wish, why did God let me do that? <laughs> right? And that's what this scripture is literally saying. The wrath of God is just letting you go. The wrath of God is just go ahead and do what you want to do. I won't even hold you back. No restrictions. Go do what you want to do. And you will completely ruin your life. Amen? So, so I would like to first off, uh, I want to contrast these two thoughts. We have the righteousness of God in verse 17. And we have the wrath of God in verse 18. And they are total opposites. One is the gospel of Jesus Christ with a brand new life that is a good life. And one is a life to your own desires, which will destroy you now and forever. And for the purpose of this message this morning, I would like you guys to work with me mentally. I, I would like to ask that in the, for the purpose of this message, we're not the day, we're this morning, we're not going to think about heaven and hell. Heaven is real. Hell is real. No one wants to go to hell. We all want to go to heaven. Praise God, my sins are gone. I don't have to go to hell. But for this morning, I want to focus on the the fact of there's more to it than just where you go when this life is over. There's a good life to be gained and there is a bad life to escape while we still live here. And I think that's what the Bible is trying to tell us here is do you want a good life or do you want a bad life? And so he tells us that the righteousness of God is revealed, and then he tells us the wrath of God is revealed. And then, then the verses, we're not going to go back through what we already have, but he, those verses that we talked about, I believe, last week, the week before, about where they, they, they changed the, the, where they worshiped the create, creation instead of the creator. And they, they knew about God, but they wouldn't worship God. False religions, uh, disobedience, all of those things leading away from God. And they come to a point where God says, go ahead. Go ahead. You can have what you want. Just, just have it your way, right? Burger King, have it your way, right? But you will destroy your life. You will destroy your life. Now, so we, if we compare these two, we see a happy life 
and a miserable life. Are you guys with me on that? Does, does this make sense to me? We're contrasting the two things. Now, there are extremes on both ends. We understand that. There is the Christian who is completely sold out, who their whole life is about Jesus, who, who is obedient in every way, and they're literally just uh, um, full of joy and the fruit of the Spirit because they're all in for Jesus. There is the extreme, the other way, where, where the person has completely come to the point where they're barely even human, where they're living like a dog, where, as this scripture describes it, is a very vile and evil and wicked life style and their life is completely uh, just destroyed and there's those in the middle who are a little bit disobedient or a little bit obedient and they're they're not quite to that degree if that makes sense to you so there are extremes on both ends and we will get back to it later to those that are not maybe on the ends of the extreme but i want us to see god in this text is giving us a clear contrast for what you want life to be so if everybody here this morning was, had never been saved, there was not one saved person in the building. Every one of you have never heard the gospel before. Every one of you have never known anything about Jesus. And you were to come here this morning, and I could, I could threaten you with hell, and I could tell you if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. By the way, that's a pretty good reason to get saved. That's, that's a pretty good reason to get saved, right? I don't want to go to hell. That, that's a pretty good reason. But if we, if we didn't do that this morning, but if I, just, if I could just present to you... Do you want to have a great life or do you want to have a miserable life? Who would choose the miserable life? I want to destroy my family. I want to destroy my life. I want to destroy all my fun. I want to destroy all my joy. I want to be miserable and depressed all the time. I want to have nothing to look forward to. That's the life I want. (laughs) Anybody in for that? What if I could tell you that you could have a life that every day there's joy contentment, peace, thankfulness. I I didn't say there's not problems in the Christian life. I said that there is a a joy, that there is a peace, that there's there's an excitement about being a Christian. Josh got up here and said, uh, he said, I feel like I live the best life anyone could ever live. You know, that's not due to everything's always easy. That's due to where your heart's at. Right? Are, are you guys following me? So, so we have a contrast here between uh, the, the, a righteous life and a, and a not righteous life. And it's really laid out clear in this text. But now I'd like to talk to you really what the message is going to be about this morning. I'd like to talk to you about the calling of the conscious. This is really important. And as be real honest with you, this is a little bit over my head, okay? This is a little bit deeper than I'm able to go. So you guys bear with me. I want to talk about the calling of the conscience. Has anybody here ever had your conscience speak to you? Your conscience speak to you? Now, I want you to understand that is a gift from God. I want you to understand whenever that conscience says, you better not do that. That is God literally trying to protect you from doing something that's going to destroy you. Right? It is, it is, a, it is a blessing. And so your conscience is given to you to keep you, if you will, to keep you from destroying your life. And... I want to point this out, and and again, I don't want to make this confusing, but it it is a little bit deep. Your conscience is fallible. It's not always right. Do you know you can feel guilty when you didn't do anything wrong? There are people that, there are people in this church who have come to me and, you know, they just feel terrible and they haven't done anything wrong. They're, they're, they're confused in their thinking, but they haven't done anything wrong. So your conscience can, is not always right. Also, there are people who do things wrong and they don't feel bad. Their conscience has not been uh, uh, taught to, to feel bad. So there is the Holy Spirit. Has anyone had the Holy Spirit ever talk to you? 
climb up on your shoulder and say, don't do that. Right. That's not your conscience. The Holy Spirit cannot be wrong. Amen. The Holy Spirit cannot be wrong. If the Holy Spirit tells you don't do it, it it can't be wrong. Your conscience can be wrong. But your conscience is a built in mechanism inside of you that tells you don't do that. Okay, you follow me? I hope that wasn't confusing. So we have this conscience that leads and guides us in the things that we should do. So this this is really very interesting to me. What happens, and we can just talk about Christians, what happens when you start turning your conscience off? Can we do that? But boy, I remember the old timers used to say, when I was a little kid, the old timers used to say, uh, your condemner wears out. Remember you say that? There's a little red light there. You know, but Terry, if you have an idiot light, I don't think cars even have idiot lights anymore. But Bruce Steve, they used to have idiot lights, right? You know, if you've got an idiot light that shows up on your dashboard, you know one way to fix that? Get a piece of electrical tape and put over it. <laughs> problem solved, right? Check engine, no longer a problem, right? It's fixed. Well, we do that with our conscience. The conscience condemns us, the conscience condemns us, and we say, I'm just not going to listen to that, and that light goes out. Right? Now, is that serious? Now, here is some interesting thoughts I want you to think about. If God gave you that as a gift, and that gift is a conscience to tell you what is right and wrong, and you turn that gift off, before you get down to verse 24, and hopefully no one ever gets down to verse 24, before you ever get down to that, there's some guilt there. That you're trying to shove down. Think about this is really this is really powerful. What happens if you shove guilt down, and you shove guilt down, and you shove guilt down, and you shove guilt down? Is there any problem with that? You know what starts happening? Depression, discouragement, negativity. Everything's bad. I'm a terrible person. You know, I've had, I've had several people tell me in this church, and even late, lately I've had some people tell me this. I get up here and preach my heart. And this is really important, guys. This, this is, I can't tell you how important. I hope you guys are listening this morning, but I can't tell you how important this is. I have had people tell me, you know, I get up here and I preach my heart. I try to preach how we're supposed to live. And I've had people literally tell me when they would sit underneath that, the thought never crossed their mind, maybe I should move up. You know the only thought that crossed their mind? I'm a horrible person. And I shouldn't come back to church. Is that a good answer? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, I, I, I've shoved so much guilt down. I've shoved so much guilt down. I've shoved so much guilt down. I'm so full of guilt. When a preacher preaches about living right, the thought never crossed my mind. Maybe I should get right with God. The only thought I can think of is, I'm such a terrible person. I think I'll quit going to church. It's the consequences of a guilty conscience. You know, I believe that there are a lot of people who live with a guilty conscience so long, they are just used to being in a miserable state where they are, again, depressed and discouraged. And, you know, I, I don't have the numbers this morning, I have the, the statistics. But I believe it is way, 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 way up in the billions and billions and billions of dollars. In the United States of America, the, what we pay for pills because we're depressed. Wouldn't it be something if we could just fix it with this chapter right here? 
Now, I understand there are some people who have something chemically wrong with them, and that's a different story. But there are a lot of people who are just really miserable, and they're taking pills to feel better. And really what they got is they got guilt shoved down so far as making the, it's eating them alive. I have to tell you, guilt's not a good thing to live with. Guilt's not a good thing to carry around. Then you've got to figure out ways to cover it up and to try to make excuses for it and all these different things. So, so it, 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 it just destroys us. But here's another thing that it does, and this is, this is so very important. I want you guys to get this. Not only does it discourage you and depress you, it makes you so you can't hear the truth. You know, if you, well, this has been said a thousand times, it's, it's a broken record, but if you, if you come to church every service and then you start missing church, you will feel bad, you'll feel really, really bad the first time you do it. The third time you do it, you'll feel some bad. The tenth time you do it, won't even bother you at all. And the preacher, you can come back to church and the preacher can preach about coming to church and he won't even bother you. Do you see the problem? And that goes with everything we do. So, so we come to the place we can't hear truth and we come to the place where we're miserable and we're discouraged because we have pushed down guilt. And, and I want you to understand, and this is so plain, uh, the, the, I want you to see that when we get to verse 24, that we are spiraling down. So you, even as a Christian, you are, you are d- turning off your conscience. You're turning off the Word of God. You're turning off what you're supposed to be doing. You're discouraged. You're depressed. And, and you you're, can't hear the truth anymore. You are spiraling down. Do you know what the end result is? When God turns your conscience off. It doesn't bother you anymore. Now you don't feel guilty. Would it scare anybody here this morning if you came into church and you couldn't feel guilt? Would that scare anybody? It ought to scare you to death. Because if you come into church and there's no chastisement and there's no guilt, you are in big, big trouble. Amen? And that's what the scripture is talking about. And, and the, all of the perversions that we read about, and we're not going to have time to go into all of that uh, in particular this morning, but, but we just see here, I, I really believe that even, uh, you know, even, even if the world would look at this, they would have to look at the scripture and say, these people are not happy people. You know, all of the perversions that, we're being, that are being shoved on us today, I'm trying to keep this uh, G-rated, all of the perversions that are being shoved on us today, are they being shoved on us by happy people? I mean, they want us to approve. Inter- interesting, interesting statistic. You know they fought all those wars in, in, uh, in our government to get legal uh, same-sex marriage legalized, and they got it legalized, and now there are almost no same-sex people getting married. <laughs> it wasn't about them wanting to get married. It's about the, us accepting them that they're okay because they are miserable and wanting us to say, yeah, that's normal. But God says it's not normal. Now, I, 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 now this, I've already said this above my pay grade. Okay, this is over my head. I gotta be real careful what I say. We're to love everyone. Everybody with me? We're to love everyone. Is that right? We'll just love everybody, no matter who they are. But if I read my Bible right, and if I understand it right, this, this is a very low sin. Am I right? Now, you say all sin is wrong. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's a violation against God. 
And all sin is, is, is enough to send you to hell. And, and, and so that is true. But this sin is a far, far, far away from God because you've done turned off everything that told you a certain way and you've went completely away from God. And this is serious. This is serious. Now, I, I again want to make clear, as the Sand Hill Church, we are not to hate these people. Right? We're to love these people. And if they come in, we are to love them and do everything we can to get them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they got there because this scripture makes it real clear. There's a natural way between a man and a woman. And when you leave that natural way between a man and a woman, you really got off the road. Right? You're down in the ditch. Right? Now, now again, we want to do all we can to bring them back. You know, they, they like to say that we that Christians hate uh, these people. And I just say, if Christians hate these people, Christians are wrong. We can't, we're not allowed to hate them, right? We have to love them. And, and I hope that everyone here at Sand Hill is, is understanding that we have to love them, accept them, bring them in. But this is not a small uh, deviation from the way of God. This is a complete running off the road. Amen? And so this is serious. So, so God said, this, I'll give you what you want. So back to the calling of the conference. We're spiraling down. It's getting, it's getting worse and worse and worse the farther that we go. And how many of you know the more you turn your conscience off, the worse things are going to get? Amen? And so, so, so uh, that, that, is, uh, that is what we're at. So, so let me throw this here and we'll go to the next point. Is anybody in church, I know a few people have told me this, but has anybody ever come to church? A lot of you have been in church for a lot of years. Has anybody ever come to church with somebody in the church and they call themselves a Christian? They won't listen to anything the preacher says. They won't change their ways. Um, you know, they, they're, maybe they're mean. Maybe they're hateful. Maybe they hold bitterness. Maybe they uh, won't come to church faithfully. Whatever. They, they're, just, they're just not a good person. They're not obeying the, the Bible. But they're a Christian. They say they are. And perhaps they'll go to heaven when this life is over and you sitting there on your pew trying to do everything the Bible says and you trying to do everything that is righteous and you think to yourself these words and they're getting by with it. They're getting by with it. I mean, they get to hate their brothers and sisters and they still get to go to heaven. They, they get to not come to church like they're supposed to and they still get to, they're not involved in sacrificing and giving all things I do and they still get to go to heaven. It's not fair. They're getting by with it. Anybody here ever had that thought? I know that's a very carnal thought, but I know that we sometimes think that way. But here's what I want to ask you. Are people really getting by with anything with God? Because I've been pastor long enough to know some of those people who won't listen to anything the Bible says and they, won't be, they, they disobey everything. Now, I'm not here to say they're going to heaven or they're not or they're Christians or they're not. But, but just for the sake of argument, if they are a Christian and they're just living in disobedience, does that mean they get off scot-free? I've been passed long enough to know those are some of the miserablest people you'll ever find. They're miserable. They're, they're miserable about church. They're miserable at home. They're miserable with me. They're miserable with... I mean, they're just miserable. They're just not happy. They're just... They're just and, and so you're sitting there saying, I'm doing everything God told me to do, and, 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 I, and they're not doing anything they're supposed to be doing, and it's just not fair, and they're getting by with it. But the truth is, if we understand this message, if you're doing everything God tells you to do, you should have an abundant life that is full of joy. And they have a life where they are miserable and depressed and they're caught up in their own problems and they can never see the big picture. 
You know one thing I think is great about this church? We talked about this Wednesday night. I, I believe that we are to be servants. Amen? We're to be servants. And, and we are to be here for each other. If you come to this church for what we can give you, you're here for the wrong reason. You ought to come to the church for what you can give to everyone else. That's what church is about, is being a servant. And when you come in with your focus on how can I help my brother, my people, how can I help my people be, uh, be what they need me to be, when you do that, you'll think very little about your own thoughts, your own wants, your own desires. If you come into this church, and, and I, I think we don't hardly have any of those people here. I, I think that's just something that we don't have here. But if you come into this church, and a lot of churches are all about that. We don't have this at this church. Thank God we don't have this this church. But but me and Renee have been to some of these churches, okay? Me and Renee have been to a lot of churches. You go in them churches, and sister so-and-so's there. And if you sit in her seat, she's going to let you know, get up and get out of my seat. Right? And sister so-and-so has been over the fellowship hall so long that if you move her fork, she's going to let you know, put her fork back where it belongs. Right? And and sister so-and-so has been there so long that the pastor knows, don't cross that line or we will have a meeting after church and things will be fixed. Right? I'm saying there are people that are there because it's for them. It is their desires. and they want Those are not happy people. Those are miserable people. But people who come to church to serve others and to give and to worship and to minister, those are happy people. Who wants to be happy this morning? Who wants to be miserable? You can have it either way. You can come here and be miserable. You can come here and be happy. And the way you're happy is to do what the Bible says and to serve others and to be obedient to the Word of God. So people don't get by with living uh, in disobedience. So the first thing we had was contrast between righteousness and wrath. second uh, point we had was our calling of our conscience, that, that speaking to us, that speaking to us on what we should do. third thing that's really sad is a calloused conscience. I have really rough hands. If you ever shake hands with me or hold my hands, my hands are really, really rough. Uh, a lot of the times I could take something very sharp and stick it in my hand. I can't feel it at all. Right? I, I, my hands are just very, very rough where I work. Do you know that's how a lot of people are with their conscience? It's gotten so calloused. You know, uh, some of you women here, or maybe some of you men, I, I shook hands with men that felt like women's hands. But anyways, another, another subject. <laughs> another subject. But you can give them a shovel and they can go out there and shovel and they won't shovel very long, and they got blisters everywhere. And there are men who can go out there and they can shovel, and they won't get a blister one, because their hands are tough. Now, a tough hand might be a blessing, but a callous conscience is not. And when your conscience can no longer feel, you're in serious trouble. And so, the guilt goes away. Uh, the, the, you, the, you don't feel it anymore. You come to a place where you can do wrong and it doesn't bother you. This is scary stuff. This is scary stuff. And I, 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 again, this, this, is, this is a very deep subject. How does that work with a Christian? Uh, that, that, is, that is very deep water. But I believe Christians can turn their conscience off. I believe they can override their conscience. I believe they can go against their conscience. They can go against the Word of God and they can live in disobedience. And it will ruin your life. And I've got wrote down in here, I've already said this, but God gives you what you say you want. You're caught up in lust, go ahead and enjoy it. You're caught up in revenge, go ahead and enjoy it. You're caught up in running your mouth, go ahead and... He lets you have what you say you want. And the end result of that 
is destroying your life. Amen? And so... We don't want a callous, we don't want a callous conscience. And without getting way sidetracked here, I want to get back to the, and we're bringing this thing in for landing, but without getting real sidetracked on this, can you guys see, as I was reading this, just so clear, can you guys see verses 24 through 32 that I read to you this morning? Some of the ugliest texts I believe in the, in the New Testament. Can you guys see this is like reading the news in the United States of America? This is, this is, this is it. Everything that we are all so upset about and up in arms about and, and, and you know, all the things that are going on in our country, the, the transgender, the homosexuality, uh, the, 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 um, you know, just everything that you read in here, this is what our country is becoming. And you know why our country is becoming this? Because we turned our back on God and God said, go ahead and have it your way. Do what you want to do. You can leave me out of it. And, and, and I think a lot of them up there in Washington right now, they are thinking, finally, we got rid of God. We can do what we want to do. It's going to be so much fun. And they're going to destroy this nation because God's going to say, go ahead and have what you want. I'll let you have it. And it won't work. Do you know a little interesting fact? Since Adam and Eve until today, no nation has ever went that route and survived. (laughs) You think about that. Amen? So, so this is serious, serious stuff. So let's come in for the fun part, okay, or the good part, the good ending, okay? We're going to end on a positive note. So we have a callous conscience. We don't want that. The last thing I want us to think about is cleaning the conscience. Cleaning the conscience. I don't remember if I've told you guys this or not before, but I love to eat liver. Anybody here like to eat liver? I love liver. Man, it is, I just love liver. Now, now, Brother Tom just about ruined me because Brother Tom doesn't like liver, Right? And so we're eating, I'm eating liver one day, and this is what Brother Tom says to me. As I'm eating it, says George, this is what he says. You know those are filters. You, you know those are filters. <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, I'm eating a filter. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of just, I just wanted to not eat it anymore. And so we started going to a doctor. Renee was actually a doctor this week. And the, and the doctor began to explain that when things go into the body, they go into the liver. And the liver filters those bad things out so they don't go into the rest of the body. Do you know that's what our conscience is? But the doctor also said that you can have your liver messed up because it's got a lot of junk in it. And you can do the right things and you can clean your liver back out. So I can eat them then, Tom. Right? I'm gonna get them, I'll get them chickens to clean their livers out before I eat them, right? So so we can clean our conscience out, right? So the question is this morning that I want to think about: if you have come to the place where your conscience has gotten weak, can you get back to the place where your conscience is strong? Can you clean it? Your filter's getting dirty. Your, your, your conscience is getting dirty. You've got a little dull. It's not as sensitive as what Can we get back to where my conscience is clean and I can once again feel guilty? You know, you say, well, I don't want to feel guilty. Can I tell you that's a great blessing to feel guilty? And that means your conscience is working. You don't want your conscience to quit working. How do we do that? Real simple. Repent and confess. Confess means agreeing with God. God, you are right. And repent means to change what you're doing. You know, if you'll do that, your conscience can be clean again. Just like you say, pastors, is that easy? Yeah, it is that easy. That cleans your conscience out. It cleans all that, that junk in there that's tight. It just cleans it out, right? It, it makes you be able to, to feel again. I believe that we need a sensitivity to preaching. We've said this many, many times from the pulpit, but there are those in the church who, no matter what you preach, it has absolutely no difference to them, right? 
I mean, you can preach on any subject you want to, and they'll sit there and smile at you the whole time, and <laughs> they're not going to listen to a word you say. Can I tell you those people's conscience, for whatever reason, is messed up? It's ruined? You know what we need? Now, if I preach you something that's not true, you don't have to listen to me, but you should go back to the Word of God and find out what the Word of God says. And if I'm not telling you the truth, you need to confront me over that I correct it to the congregation. But if I am preaching the Word of God, you need to obey it. So if the Word of God is being preached and you're not obeying it, you are killing your conscience. And you're heading down a road of misery. If you want a clean conscience where you feel things again, you need to repent and say, I was wrong, and you need to obey the Word of God. When the Word of God is preached, you have a sensitivity to it. You're afraid not to do what the Bible says. We need a fear of the Lord, a fear of the Word of God. Listen, you don't need to listen to Gary, but you need to listen to the Word of God. And when the Word of God corrects you, you need to obey it. And you can have a clean conscience. You can have a clean conscience. And here, I want everyone to hear this. Your joy can come back. I'm trying to draw you a picture. I, I, maybe nobody here needs this. Maybe, maybe someone online, maybe someone watches down the road. But if you've been in church and you just kind of lost your joy, and you're just kind of discouraged and depressed, and just don't, things just don't feel like they're supposed to feel, maybe you need to back up and say, maybe my filter's dirty. Maybe my conscience has gotten plugged up. Maybe we need to change a few things. And get our joy back. If I was asked this morning, raise your hand if you would like to have a life full of joy. I think everybody here would raise their hand. All right, want a life of joy? Got to do this. Let me say this about repent, and then we'll have an altar call. There is a misteaching. I believe this is a misteaching, and I believe a lot of people believe it. Maybe, maybe some of you believe it here this morning. I want you to listen real carefully to this. I believe myself that it is not helpful to do this right here. Lord, if I've done anything wrong, just forgive me of my wrongdoings. You know, you're not repenting of anything. <laughs> you're not repenting of anything, right? You're not admitting you're wrong. You're not going to change anything. It's just, Lord, if there's happened to be something that I do that I don't know about. Now, that's fine to, to be uh, sensitive, but my point is, what you need to do is you need to search your life and say, I have done wrong. I, I failed you, God. I was disobedient in this area, in this specific thing. I did wrong. Will you forgive me? And God will take that away if you ask His forgiveness. But a vague, if I happen to do have done anything wrong, what you're really saying is, I haven't done anything wrong, but just in case. We need to say, I, I did wrong. Forgive me. So we're going to have an altar call. That's why I say everybody here. How's your joy? How's your peace? How's your excitement in life? Are you enjoying life, by the way? Is God good? Do you sit there sometimes when we're singing about how good God is, and do you wonder if... Maybe he's not that good to you. God promise you good to everybody. God's good to everybody, amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.